Oh, thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Vulnerability Time Season 3 with your host, Josias Abril, myself, published author, and our other host, aka we're both co-hosts, our other host, Mr. Alex Board. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Okay, so y'all, this episode is really like spontaneous, okay, because we were talking about um, a couple things, and it made me think of something, because it kind of triggered me. Um, What do you do when it's like having peace for something that is completely out of your control, when you know it's wrong? For example, folks, like I got the fire and I got the facts about a situation, and it's hard when someone who doesn't know anything about this situation, they try to tell you about the situation. For example, like research on the Bible, okay? Like I do my research, I do my due diligence on like the history of the Bible and how homosexuality was never in the Bible and where that word even came from and where that word started. But it's like someone that I really care about, they're just completely denying that research that doesn't exist. And I'm just like, and that hurts the crap out of me because, Alex, I'm just tired of seeing so many people kill themselves because of that word that was put in the Bible that was never in there to begin with. No one wants to do Mm -hmm. due diligence on it, and people just want to know it all. And it, it, it hurts because it's like, I really care about this person. However, the other side of me is so pissed and frustrated and hurt because I'm like, you don't understand how much, like, those words kill people you know and so like i'm currently wrestling with the whole you know how to have peace and patience when you know you're right about something i don't mean that in an arrogant way i'm not being wise in my own eyes i mean literally like i got the fire i got the facts i got the passion i need the patience i don't know and and it's like Alex, like, I can't just sit by and be quiet. Like, I can't fake it till I make it. I gotta face it till I make it. I gotta face it so I can break it. I don't want to have a shutdown so that I don't break down. I, I, I can't just be stagnant in this. I don't know. It's like, I'm constantly wrestling with this inside of me. And it sucks, especially when it's someone you love and care about. And it's like... It sucks, you know, because a lot of things we are, we have a, we're on like a privileged mountain, you know, like everyone, everyone like there, there has, there's different types of privileges. This is not just skin color, you know, like there's just different types of privileges. Folks who identify as straight or they just hide, you know, like they're able to walk into church and they're able to like not notice a gay person being discriminated against because they're on privileged mountain there are things that the valley teaches us that the mountaintop could never teach us and it's just like when something directly affects you that's when the mountain crumbles and that's what puts you in the valley and then you're able to look up and you're able to see so many things that you couldn't see on a mountaintop you're able to see things more in depth and not generalize and not the overview you're able to see the freaking substance 
in the ground, you're able to like see like the shapes of the rocks and oh what does it smell like and oh it's too foggy down here or I hear certain noises. You know what I mean, Alex? Yes, yes, I think I know what you mean. More in the fucking valley. And I just feel like it's really hard for someone on the mountain it's dangerous from someone on the mountaintop to describe to you how to like all of the valley. You've never been there. You've never been to the valley. How do you know? You know what you think you know based off your biases. And it's Alex. So Alex, you know, have you ever been in a moment where patience was so just needed, but so hard to fucking get? What the hell? Well, um, I will say there are instances in which I will try to talk to people about certain things. And since we're on the biblical topic, like you'll be in a room full of people and they'll be talking about something at a very surface level, right? Or they misunderstand something. I don't, I can't think of a specific example at this moment, but I've been in these situations and you say something to these people and they just kind of stare at you and they blink and they don't really get it. And I think the point that you mentioned about the biases is important to understand. And that's sort of what I approach, how I approach these situations, because those people are programmed in a certain way to understand a certain topic in a certain way. And they don't have to think too hard about it because it's never been challenged and it's never had to be challenged. And so my, my patience for them comes from that understanding of, well, these people don't necessarily have any need to challenge something and the fact that it's been challenged in this moment, it just bounced off. It's like if somebody throws like a ping pong ball at your window, it's not going to crash through the window into the house, right? So in some instances, it's the patience comes from understanding that they just don't get it at this moment. And it may or may not be fruitful for me to press them on it because they still might not even get it. But what I will say is that through asking questions to these people, you can kind of get an idea of where they're coming from and then you can start to work your perspective into their perspective. It's like two people are making a woven rug or something, right? You're working on the loom and somebody adds a little strand and somebody else adds a little strand. And that's how you make this tapestry of understanding. Um, I think for your situation in particular, it would be exceptionally difficult because it's something that you know very well and you spent a good deal of time to understand very, very well. and it's something that you embody on a personal level i mean it's literally your identity and then you've got experiences with people who are just totally shrugging off the severity of the consequences of the way the church has treated people on 
I should say any level of um, the LGBTQ community, it's really been damaging and it's caused a lot of hurt. And, and it's a lot some, of, caused a lot of deaths too. Absolutely, absolutely. People have died. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what I was, you know, telling you the other day, Alex, when you were talking about this, when you were helping calm me down. You know, I was like, Alex, I will be a martyr for this. I'm so passionate about it. I feel so hopeless about it. I, it seems like people start caring when it's too late. It's like, why do we start, and myself included in a lot of things, why do we start listening once the person's no longer able to speak? You know, why? When it couldn't even have gotten to that point. And you know, and that's the thing. Oh, I, I feel like I can't just sit back and just let the person be because I'm so scared that, you know, they might share their biased information that they don't really know anything about. Um, they might share that and they kill somebody. You know? And I'm, I'm just like, I've been that person. I've tried to take my life. And the fact that all that pain and shit that I suffered because of the church talking about, oh, you're gay, you're going to hell. To find out five and a half years ago that that word never even existed back then, that that's not what the original word even said, I have so much fucking frustration and anger. And I get really on guard when someone tries to tell me otherwise. Because I'm just like, let me tell you something. I've done five and a half years worth of research, you've done none. You've done nothing. You know, and it's, I'm trying not to be prideful and arrogant and to be the know-it-all. And it's hard because oftentimes, and you know this, Alex, oftentimes I've always been the person in the room that people learn from. And I don't like being that. That's just been my whole life. Like, at home, like, I've always been the one, like, um being the one knowledgeable on mental health because others refused to do it you know because i was going through so fucking much and i didn't know why you know like i i've always been the one to like i don't mean this in an arrogant way i just i tell you alex i'm like i'd rather be the dumbest person in the room because that means that i can learn something i don't want to be the person that knows the most because i feel like i learned the least i'm i'm not challenged enough you know, that's why I'm grateful for our friendship because you know a lot. You know, we both recognize that we don't know it all and we still want to continue learning. However, it's like you you are very knowledgeable in a lot of areas that I'm knowledgeable in. And, you know, we're also knowledgeable in areas that either of us aren't knowledgeable in, you know. Um, but it's like because of that, you're able to challenge it. And it's not a bad thing to teach people. And it's not a bad thing to learn and grow, but damn, it gets really frustrating and tired when you've always been the one who had to just carry on every burden, including the burden of knowledge, the burden of wisdom, the burden of intelligence. I didn't ask to be this. I was forced to be knowledgeable. I was forced. That that's helped me stay alive on this earth. You know, I, I, I truly, I would have committed, tried committing suicide so much more if I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. 
<laughs> you know, and, and like you said, people don't understand the depth of how much someone is treated unless they are directly affected by it. And that's that's something that we are human beings. You know, we are human beings. All of us, everybody, everyone listening. You know, why does it, myself included, I'm not innocent in this, why does it have to come to the point where something is so freaking damaged or done for for someone to finally get it? You know, for me, for example, why do I have to be at the point of damaged, almost done, to go back into therapy? Why? You know? Yeah, um... I'm trying to think of what to say. There was a lot. There was a lot, and it's okay to argue and be uh, and be debatable. You know, we welcome that on Bond Baby Time, Alex. This is your show as well. <laughs> You're trapped. Well, what I will say, what I'm kind of thinking of is, it's like, yes, yes, knowledge can feel like a burden sometimes, especially. I, I kind of like that analogy. It just came to the top of my head, throwing ping pong balls at a window. You're trying to get into the house, right? But nobody's opening the window and the ping pong ball isn't strong enough to crash through the window, right? So you're not getting in. And if you throw enough of those ping pong balls, of course it's going to be exhausting. Um, in your heart for people who are being affected so negatively by this amount of church hurt and the deaths that have come from it is the suicides your heart is, yeah your, your heart is in, your, the suicides yes the suicides um your heart is in the right place and your passions are good um there are what i would say is like the people who are going to be receptive to the information you have to share if they already are willing to treat somebody so poorly because of their sexuality, mm. I don't think any amount of information or facts is going to change the way that they behave. Right. Um, I don't think anything can change the way they behave. It's and just it's how it they act. And it does suck, but it doesn't mean it's hopeless because uh. there are there are like three types of people, right? There are more, but this is just me speaking off the cuff. There are the people who are receptive to what's being said, that want to hear, that want to learn, right? That want to have the perspective. There are the people who maybe need to just hear the right things. They need to have the door opened and it might be kind of a fight, but with enough prying and enough presentation of the same thing, their walls might come down a little bit and then they might come, become one of those more curious people. And then you've got people who are just totally locked in they don't care. They've got the survive. The, their biases are serving as a mechanism for them to operate functionally. And even if it's dysfunctional in the way that they interact with society, they personally are able to function. Right. Even and if it's a nasty, awful thing. Yeah, just Alex. I'm just—it's like I'm presenting someone with the math: two plus two equals four, and then they say, "Nope, nope." I don't care what you say. I'm just like, what more do you need? 
you know, because I'm scared that someone else's life is in stink if this person don't reflect and receive it. But like you said, you know, not everyone and that and you know, that's some harsh reality that you can present the most valid information, quantitative and qualitative, and the person still reject it. No matter who's a scholar, it don't matter. You know, someone will still reject it. And you know what? They did, to, they did that to Jesus too. I don't know what makes me different. They did that to Jesus too. Like back mm-hmm. then, just they just didn't want to just validate him at all. You know, back then. Right. Yeah, and so it just sucks, dude, because I can't sit by and just let someone commit suicide. I just can't do it. I cannot mm-hmm. do it and I have the power to stop it. This is it's too right. much, I, and I feel like, like you, I'm, you encouraged me, you know, when you said not all hope is pointless, because I, I was saying the other day, I'm like, God, not all hope is lost, but all hope is pointless. I feel like, because I'm just <laughs> like, I have the knowledge. This is this bear, this burdens me, because it's just like when you have everything that's needed yet the person just chooses not to because it's too uncomfortable Mm -hmm. i'm like do you really want to learn do you really want to grow or do you just want to be stuck in your biases there's a difference between like for example there's a difference between like bible study and just bias study i'm like yeah there's a lot of things on this earth bro that we myself included you know we gotta try to take a step back and realize how much our biases are impacting something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? I'm like, the two can get intertwined and we can be wise within ourselves. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It, it, we, we, we gotta be, we gotta, that's why I'm like trying to work on like, and I'm so grateful for our co-host um, uh, for season three, Alex, you know, because I'm not, I'm getting all emotional. I knew it, I knew it, which is fine. We welcome that. And, and we welcome emotion on this show. Y'all, me and Alex, we debate and argue a lot. We do, we do. But it's like something always comes out of it, you know? Like, and that's just, that's what comes with knowledge. It comes that friction, that resistance, that uncomfort. Cause we grow in the uncomfort. Am I right, Alex, or am I, uh... Well... Oh my gosh. Correct me if need <laughs> No, you're, you're right. I mean, this is something that I've spoken about in the past, but, like, stagnation is the death of growth, right? And so, in order to grow, you have to hurt a little bit, whether that's, like, actual suffering, or if that's just your current position on something suffering. Um... There has to be some sort of disruption in order to add new things. You can't build new muscle unless you break the old muscle, right? That's so, period. That that that's like the nature of our conversations. Is we we might hash something out for a while. People might get a little bit upset, but I I think it's understood always. It's in good faith. You know, nobody nobody hates. I've never felt that anybody hates anybody after the end of our conversations. Not one minute. I've never felt it either. 
Right, so... I was, I was um, like, well, I never felt it. <laughs> I, can only, I can only speak for myself. I can only speak for myself. Oh, um, that's funny. You're right, you're right. So, um, but, like, there's a lot of growth in that discomfort. And I think a lot of people... What's interesting, um, from what I remember, the area of the brain that's associated with learning, I think it incurs anxiety. I think it makes people anxious. There's like a hesitance to learn sometimes, learning new things, um, because it's uncomfortable. You're challenging a system that you have solidified that enables you to run as an efficient machine. And Christianity don't teach that. Westernized Christianity, we just stay in a box. Right, well, okay, so here's my commentary on a lot of churches these days. Is the pastor's job is to help teach the Bible. And the pastor's job is to help people navigate the world through a Christian lens. Um, and a lot of pastors don't do that. And I think that's one of the biggest culprits right now, is you have a lot of people out there these days who are preaching things that will bring people in the door and will get more offering in the till. And it's yeah. not so much about scholarship. Right. You just want to it's get not so much about, It's not so much about genuine worship or fellowship. It's just about the experience. I recently watched, um, this is, this is, at the time of recording this, right after Easter. Um, and I recently watched some commentaries on a church that made a massive Easter production, right? And they had pyrotechnics, they had very suggestive dancing, they had like contemporary music. And listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with contemporary music. Um, suggestive dancing, I'm sure, has its place somewhere. Um, but I don't think it has a place in the church. <laughs> but there was this massive production, and it was supposed to show the Easter story, but it, it was just this strange, secularized, I don't know, it was, it was very odd, and it didn't seem like it fit within the walls of a church. But you know that the reason that they could put that on was because they bring people in with the easy teaching and they pray they say well you know if you trust god then you'll be healed of everything and you'll get more money you know um the only reason they could do that is because they bring the people in and they get the offering it doesn't matter what they teach as long as they get paid to do it it doesn't matter what the truth is Ooh, um yes well not really question kind of like statement well i guess statement and question uh it's equipment. I have equipment for okay. you. Okay. Um, okay, so when you mention something looking like it doesn't belong in the walls of the church, I see what you mean, but I feel like that statement can also be very dangerous because, you know, the church is not supposed to look all pretty and, you know, all... Right. Up. You know, and I'm like, let if, if someone comes in there okay with a two-piece on let them come up in there with the two-piece right I'm like oh don't, don't put that away i was like you don't don't look then you know right I, there's just mm -hmm. this 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 whole i don't know this whole um idea 
this internalized idea that someone has to be a little bit cleaned up in order to go into church. For example, like the church is supposed to be a hospital. You know, like when you're bruised up, you shouldn't have to put like makeup on in order so you're not as bruised up before you go into the hospital. Like, no, you better come up in there bruised, bloody, and you know. Right, hurry up and get the help, yeah. Right, so I mean, it, 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 it makes me think, you know, what really is, is that our current culture's biases that are, you know, okay. shaping that state that uh, statement of, you know, things gotta be. So, I see what you're saying, and I do agree people should come as they are. That's the point of the church. I'm not saying people should dress any which way when they come to church. I'm not saying they should behave any which way when they come to church. Obviously, there are limits. They shouldn't go in there and beat people up. Okay. Because that's the, you know what I mean? But like, there's no, I'm not setting standards for behavior within the walls of the church for okay. the people. What I'm saying, here's what I will say, and I'll bring in some scriptures since we're talking about Bible. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the ways of the world, but let God transform the way you think so you will know his plan for you is good and pleasing and perfect. And what that says is divorce the ways of the world. They're no good for you. You should then submit to what God has planned for you, which is the more optimal way. And when you bring into the church as a pastor, because you're held to a different standard as a pastor, things of the world that glorify the world, that's where I take the issue. It's not with the behavior of the lay person rather than with the production that was produced and with the intentionality behind that production, bringing in things that worship the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's that's something that um, pastors, I've heard pastors say this. <sighs> I don't know how I'm not dead or in jail yet. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you because I'm really way too passionate about this. Pastors say, oh, homosexuality, that's out of the world. You know, and I just want to slap them and be like, let me say this. Let me say this, Alex. Because I hope the people that I want to listen to this are listening to this. Because I feel like if I'm not speaking, I mean, if I'm, I feel like if I'm speaking to them, they're going to interrupt me. <laughs> so I'm just like, First off, and Alex, you can attest to this because you've done your research on this as well. Um, and folks, to get to know our co-host, Alex does his research. Y'all think I do research? Alex does more. Alex does more. I don't know about that. No, no, Alex does more, just in general, like research in general. I may do more on like certain things, but like in general, Alex does more research. Um, and his mind, his skepticism, it's so beneficial, it's so, it's just such growth. But anyways, that word homosexuality did not exist until 1892 or 1896, one of those. And the word's not English, Hebrew, Greek, it's not, it's German. And the word basically meant sexual, sex education. Because humans, we are homo sapiens. That's what homosexual was, was at first was to just the study of human sex. See these these sexual identity terms, they did they never existed back then. They did not exist back then. The the terms 
you know, like there was no hetero, homo, pan, asexual, demisexual, plant sexual. That never existed like thousands and thousands of years ago. So for pastors to say the word, it's always been like that. No, it has not. The original word, it started with an A and it meant molester. It meant boy molesters because it was normal back then for rich people to sleep with children. But if you were poor and did it, that was frowned upon. You could basically be a Jeffrey Epstein in public because of the wealth status that you had, the socioeconomic status. That's what the original word said. And um, later on, you know, especially um, um, in 1946, we see um, a mass production of putting that word, of, excuse me, of adding that word homosexuality into the Bible because they wanted to push an anti-gay agenda. Okay. What? What's up? Um, I will add some context. Go the word it. itself is arsenokoitai. And this is the New Testament word that's used. And Paul used it as a combination of two words used in Leviticus. So Paul develops the word. It's like, uh, I forget the name, but you combine two words together um, in what it literally means, just for context, for the viewers, so they know what the word literally means is man-bed. That's all that we get from that is man-bed. Arson or coite, arson, man, and then coitai is bed, right? So that's where the whole debate of that word stems from is arson of koitai and what that means yes yes we love a good context in that we love a good context in that now i don't want people to take that and be like oh no that's what i mean i was like ah if you're gonna say what it means it means man bad don't be trying to make something else out of it don't be trying to insinuate shit excuse me i'm i'm, I'm angry i'm really passionate okay like i'm just I'm working on my patience in this area because you know what? I'm tired of seeing people kill themselves because everyone else wants to be stupid or ignorant. And by everyone, I'm talking about like, I'm tired of the church, okay? Like I'm just tired. I'm, I'm not saying the church is the only like trigger, you know, trigger on the gun, but you know, it's what I've experienced. And so I'm talking from my experience, but yeah, like people love to use Leviticus. Leviticus, first of all, the context of Leviticus, a lot of Leviticus was just a book about hygiene. Two, it never said man shall not lie with man. It said man shall not lie with little boys. And especially how like the context was back then, women weren't even viewed important enough to put in that. Can I add some context to Leviticus? Add some context. Alex, so, from, okay, so from what I understand, and I've not done too much research on my own understanding of that particular verse where it says, lie will, man will not lie with another man as with a woman. I've not researched that. It that never myself. said that. I did yeah. the research for you. Got it. I don't quite understand it fully. But it what I do understand. I did it for you. There sure. You Great. Um, what I do on okay, um, what I will say is Leviticus was designed. There are, from what I understand so far, there are moral laws, there are like ritual laws, 
that apply to Israel. Um, so there are different types of laws laid out in Leviticus. Specifically, some of them pertain to that culture at the time within early Israel, right? And then there are laws that God says, well, these people around you are doing these things, and I don't like that they're doing those things, so please don't do them. Um, and those are a little bit further, just to add more context, what they were doing at the time um, was the cultures, the Canaanites surrounding these people would be like sacrificing their children to Moloch, right? And so that's the context for a lot of these moral laws is like these people are doing some pretty bad stuff. And so I don't want you to do these things. The so it's a little bit. Context is a beautiful word. It's a little bit more than hygiene. It's pretty. Right, but I'm saying hygiene is in there. Well, yes, sure, sure. That's what I'm saying. Continue. Yes. Um, but again, I wanted to add that context so people can understand a little bit more about where Leviticus is coming from, because I think a lot of people these days, especially in the modern church, tend to say, oh, Old Testament, we don't got to listen to that. Um, but it's in there for a reason, right? Like there's there's stuff that we can get from those texts. Um, and so I would say that the idea of not sacrificing your children to Moloch hasn't gone away. Um, I would sure hope not. So, to totally dismiss, um, this is kind of a tangent, but one thing that I'm kind of frustrated at with the church these days is they totally dismiss Old Testament stuff because of how they think Christ has totally gotten away with the old law, which he fulfilled the law, but he did not abolish the law. That's some important context for Leviticus. Mm. Yeah, but it also says we're under the law of grace now. But yes, however, so we're under the Messianic law, which states two things. That is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and those the, two uh, things. Under the law of grace says that. We Right, we're in a totally different legal system as compared to people at the time, right? But I would say, and this is where, this is this is the point I make, when God says don't sacrifice your children to Moloch in the Old Testament, because we're under a new legal system, that does not get rid of that law. That's a moral law. Mm -hmm. I see what you mean. And, and you know what? I just love it. Folks, as you can see, Alex is my complete opposite. <laughs> it's literally complete opposite. And that's why I'm so glad to have him. I actually wanted to give him the whole show, actually, but um, my contract wouldn't let me do that. But I could add him as a co-host. So, um, because, you know, season three is going to be on a different level. No, we're not going to talk about like religious stuff. Y'all know how it is. Season one, season two. Some, it depends on the guest. You know, because it's vulnerability time. You don't got to be religious. You don't got to be a certain way to, to get, you know, um, something from it. Some type of principle. Because I also like to mention, you know, like, if I prefer to have it my way, I would make this show not have anything religious on it. However, 
I gotta recognize that this show is for everybody. This particular conversation, particular, tends to revolve around religious no, stuff. Right. So it's kind of hard to avoid. No, that's okay. I think you're missing the point. The, what, what I'm is, sorry. What I'm saying is, this show in general, this podcast show, uh, the whole show, not just this episode. Um, at first, when I first started this uh, podcast, I didn't want any religious content at all. I don't want anyone to feel like, because that word, Jesus and God, that still triggers me sometimes. Because it's been taught in a very negative way to people. You know, it's been taught in a very stupid and ignorant way to a lot of people. You know, and um, so I want, I'm like, if someone's coming here to get some vulnerability, some healing, we gonna come as we are. We ain't gonna have to get pretty to come here. So, and then I started realizing, you know, if I exclude that, then I'm also excluding uh, another demographic of people, which is, you know, Christian. You know, Christian people, you know? And that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is everyone is welcome. Everyone is, repre everyone is represented. And so I'm grateful for the special guests, each special guest, like like everyone who's been following this podcast these once, so y'all already know this, but this is for the new people that I'm saying this for. Each special guest brings something different. Each episode is something completely different because it's the special guest's episode. And when I talk to the special guest beforehand, you know, I always tell them, I was like, this is your episode. This ain't about me. Do not hold back. This is your episode because someone out there is going to relate to you. You can be an atheist, you can be Christian, you can be um, Muslim, you can be gay, you can be a jock, frat guy, cheerleader, you can be a, someone who's a, a drug addict or a former drug You can be whatever the fuck you want. Be you and someone will relate to you because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Vulnerability equals healing, honesty equals healing, and we can, we can really, um, tend to receive something better when we're represented. So it's great that this podcast has representation. So um, for the folks who are new, you know, just wanted y'all to know, like, not every episode is going to be religious and stuff like that. That just happened to be where the conversation leads. That just happens to be, you know, our co-host Alex. Welcome. You know, um, that's where he, you know, that's, he brought him to the table. And that's all we want. That's all we need is just bring all of them to the table. Yes, because everybody is welcome to eat at the table. Everybody is welcome to eat at the table. What we what we eating? Crab legs and um let's see, I like seafood. We're gonna be eating some seafood. Alex, what foods do you like? Let's be a little child. Oh man, put me on the spot. Very Oh my gosh, man, I don't even know. Stuff like some crab legs, you know, some flamingo beaks. Elephant tusks. You know what, Alex? I love you, bro. <laughs> it's just, I love you, bro. Love um, man. Well, yes, folks. Okay, so this has officially been a sneak peek of season three. Season three will be coming. Um, stay tuned. Just follow the podcast, and you'll see when the episode um, is going to be posted. Um, I'm thinking end of June, early July. 
um, that season three will officially be released, but um, I'm going to start recording in May. Um, and it's going to be something epic, y'all. Stay, stay tuned. If you thought season two was good, oh, you, you have no idea what's, what season three is about. It's going to be epic. Um, yes, Alex, do you have... Also, I do want to thank Alex for humbling me because I was definitely starting to get ungraceful. <laughs> um, very prideful. Because it's like, damn, knowledge, passion, and someone rejects it, it just, it makes me want to get prideful to overcompensate for the hurt that I'm feeling. And from, like, when they reject this knowledge that I'm passionate about, I feel rejected. I feel like they're rejecting me as well. So, thanks Alex for help humbling me. We love a friend that humbles. Alex, do you have anything else to say before, um, you know, we wrap up this episode? <laughs> what I'll say is, if you are a Christian and you're listening to this, that whatever your position might be, that you would treat people in love and you would care for them as if they were yourself and you would not judge them and harm them because we don't need more suicides and Say that we again, don't need it cut up. Say that again. We don't need more suicides. We don't need more people. Because it keeps cutting out when you say that. Alex said we don't need more suicides. Stop hurting people. Continue, Alex. So I would earnestly encourage everybody to approach everything that they're told from the pulpit with an open mind and that they would do their own research. Thank you. Dig deep in research, not just bias research. Do that. Do research that will make you uncomfortable. Don't just do bias research. Do unbiased research. You'd be amazed on what you can learn. Yeah. I would say if you're going to know anything at all, claim, I should say, if you're going to claim to know anything at all, you should have some sort of good scholarship done behind that position. Because it's when it comes article. to exactly, and it's not Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, so. I love you, props. I swear, I love you, though, props. Um, approach things carefully and consider everything, and that will make everybody kinder for it. Yes, yes, yes. Because you know, Alex, like I really got suicidal over this topic the other day you know how deeply that, that had hurt me of what happened you know i was like do i need to kill myself in order for people to get it because now they're directly affected you know like i'm like do i need to kill myself like i'm tired of this i can't live in a world where this is so consistent and it's just like at first i'm just like maybe it's because people don't know and it, it that reality hit me when it's like people just don't want to know because i presented the knowledge and they just didn't want to know and so that really hurt my core because i'm just like not all hope is lost because the hope is in the knowledge but it's pointless because it's like for what though they have ears they choose not to listen though they have eyes they choose not to see 
so that's where I was at. Just to be vulnerable and give y'all some more context. I was really suicidal over this. You know, like, I really was. And I, it was on a different level. Alex knows, you know, because he was on the phone with me, you know. And I just thank God for Alex because he's like, I don't have many heroes in my life. But Alex is one of them. Oh. Alex and Kevin. Y'all my heroes. Kevin, I'm sure Kevin's not listening to this episode. Kevin has too many podcasts to keep up with. I'm <laughs> I'm sure mine got lost in the shuffle, but if Kevin is listening, Kevin already knows he's my hero. I tell him too much. But Alex is my hero and like my best friend. I talk to Alex literally almost every day. So I love you, dude. I love you, man, and I'm thankful to God for you, and I'm very glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you were able to speak so passionately and that you've got all this fire for what you care about. And I guarantee that even though not everybody's going to listen, some people will listen to you, and those people can continue your transmission of knowledge. And so I'm very grateful that you're here. Thanks. Oh my gosh. I love you, dude. And well, folks, this has been a sneak peek of episode three of Vulnerability Time. Yes. Um, I will see y'all next season. Um, enjoy the season finale of season two, which will be coming out a week after this season. I mean, this episode is dropped, which this episode will be dropping. Oh, today is Friday. It will be dropping today. All right. Bye, folks. Oh, yes. And if no one has told you today that you are lovable, please allow yourself to be the first. Allow me to be the second. I love you. I like you. I'm proud of you for still being alive. I'm so grateful that you are born on this earth. You have overcome 100% of your bad days. Why? Because you're still breathing. You're still breathing. No, it's hard. Winning does not always feel like winning. But I need you to know you're a winner. And I love y'all. And I like y'all. See y'all next week, folks. Alex, no bragging. <laughs>